0: Welcome to The Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm. Here are your hosts, experienced lawyers, writers, and entrepreneurs, Heidi Alexander and Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network.
1: Hello and welcome to a new episode of The Legal Toolkit here on The Legal Talk Network. I'm your host, Heidi Alexander. I'm also a law practice advisor with Massachusetts LOMAP. LOMAP provides free and confidential law practice management consulting services to Massachusetts attorneys. For more information on LOMAP's offerings, visit our website at masslomap.org. Here on Legal Toolkit, my co-host Jared Correa and I provide you with a new tool each month to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. And before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsors Amicus Attorney, the world's leading practice management solution for lawyers. Amicus Attorney helps manage your law firm so that you can concentrate on being a lawyer. To learn more, visit amicusattorney.com. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Scorpion, which delivers award winning law firm web design and online marketing programs to get you more cases. Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms, just like yours, attract new cases and grow their practice. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. Today I'm excited to interview a guest from my home state of Minnesota, the home also, of course, to the late musical inspiration, Prince. Sam Glover is a lawyer and founder and editor-in-chief of Lawyers.com. Hopefully you've heard of it. It's a great site for law practice information for solo and small firm lawyers. Sam writes for Lawyers.com and is a fellow podcaster on topics such as legal technology, law practice management, access to justice, and more. Relevant to today's show, he's also got a side project at samglover.net where he blogs on a number of topics including productivity and organization. As a writer, speaker, and lawyer, Sam juggles a host of matters on a daily basis and has a bunch of thoughts on how to manage all that stuff. So today we'll be talking about how to increase your productivity and be more organized, which are two of my favorite topics. I'm hoping that I'll learn something in the process. So thanks for joining me today, Sam.
2: Thanks for having me, Heidi. It's good to be here.
1: So let's start off by talking about the concepts of organization and productivity. So much of your writing and speaking focuses on these concepts. Clearly, you believe they're important. So why are they so essential to a successful law practice?
2: Well, I think you can aim for the bare minimum, which is meeting your deadlines and not missing your appointments. But I think if your goal is to get good results for clients, to not miss any of those deadlines and appointments, and to have a life, I think you need to take it another step further and get organized so that you can actually plan ahead and strategize And, you know, kind of be intelligent about what you're working on and why and what your goals are with your clients. So I think in order to be successful, you have to get organized. There's a bare minimum where you're just not even going to succeed as a lawyer. But if you want to be a good lawyer, I think you need to hit that next level of being organized so you can be productive.
1: Right, so being productive, and in addition, being a good attorney, a successful attorney, um, a, a profit-making attorney, a zealous advocate, right, um, and also to you know compete in today's marketplace. So productivity and organization clearly benefit all lawyers, um, and and I think you know I think we get that. But before we really get into the weeds here, you know, we know lawyers are busy. So talk to me about the mindset that you need to even get to a place where you can think about productivity and organizational strategies?
2: So this is where I kind of think that lawyers get the, and people in general get the wrong idea about what it takes to be productive. I'm a pretty lazy person, actually. Um, I'm not a a gunner when it comes to being organized and tackling things and all that kind of stuff. I, I like not to worry about that, and I like to not think about what I have to do. So let's call it the mindset of productive laziness. It's sort of the equivalent to leaving your briefcase by the front door so that you trip over it and don't forget it. It's just making sure that things are there so that you can get them done so you don't have to worry about it. So don't want to think about what I have to do, and I don't want to waste time on organizing things. People worry so much that um, getting organized means spending more time on organizing than getting things done. And, uh, you know, David Allen says in his book, Getting Things Done, that you have to think about this stuff a little bit more than you are now, probably, but a lot less than you're worried you will. And I would say in the long term, you have to think about organization a lot less than you do now if what you're doing now is mostly running from one thing to the next and putting out fires and just handling whatever lands in your inbox.
1: I like that catchphrase the mindset of productive laziness. You should probably trademark that. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, I like the way that you put that because I think people are often, you know, afraid of, um, you know, these organizational strategies because they think they're just not an organized person in general. So, you know, once you've, you've gotten that mindset and you can actually set aside some time to make some changes, um, where do you suggest starting? You know, Do you tackle email? Do you tackle your documents, your calendar, your contacts? You know, help us out there.
2: Well, I think for starters, you have to tackle everything all at once, which sounds intimidating, but hold on. Um, <laughs> I think what you start with is just plain old fashioned work planning. And my wife is a master at this and kind of showed me how to do it in the first place and I made it my own, but work planning is just trying to figure out what you have to do and when you have to do it so that you know that not only that you have to be at a hearing you know, in three weeks, but that in two weeks you have to be working on these motion papers or things like that. It's just trying to get all of the stuff that you need to be doing in one place and not necessarily limiting it to work and keeping it separate from your personal life because if you don't have stuff organized at home, and you're not going to be able to have the time to do things at work. So I think you kind of need to put it all in one place. And for me, one of the easiest places to do that is kind of a big work plan. And I like paper for organizing things. So I would start with with work planning, trying to identify everything that's on your plate. But I also really like uh, the getting things done approach of taking like a day or two and moving from room to room in your house and your office and just writing down everything and making a massive pile of stuff that needs to get done and due dates and deadlines and everything from moving a plant across the room to, um, to working on emotion. I kind of like the idea of taking that focused time up front to actually get yourself organized. But if all that sounds really intimidating, I think email is probably the easiest place to start.
1: Yeah. And I, I do notice that attorneys get bogged down by email and it's, it's probably the place that, you know, we spend the majority of our day. Uh, so I, I, do agree. Email is probably a good place to start, but I like this idea of work planning. And now is, is this something that your wife came up with or are there resources out there on how to quote unquote work plan?
2: Well, it, I mean, it is a thing that exists independent of her. She's just really a pro at it. Um, you know, One of the resources that I use is I have a work planning template, and it's on Lawyerist. You can download it. You'll just have to search for work planning template, um, and it's a weekly thing. And so I sit down um, every Sunday night, or you could do it Monday morning, and map out my week, and I just try to make sure that I know what's going on on all of my cases, what the upcoming deadlines are. I basically run through with a highlighter and highlight all the things I need to be worried about right now, and then I do my most important tasks for that day, where I write down the three or four things that I need to get done that day. And I'm going to focus on getting those things done. So to me, work planning is that looking ahead, looking at the near term, what needs to get done today, tomorrow, this week, um, and then really focusing on what do I need to be working on right now, just by making that sort of conscious effort to decide what you ought to be working on today makes an enormous difference for most people.
1: Okay, so you mentioned most important tasks. And I know yeah. you've written about this and you've talked about this. Um, so tell us more about how you implement that into your your daily system.
2: Well, you know, I guess I mentioned this earlier. Um, earlier, I said that work planning is the place to start. But honestly, if you just want something simple that you can do all on its own and will make you productive instantly, it's cultivating uh, a daily practice of writing down your most important tasks. And I I didn't invent this. I'm not exactly sure where it came from, but uh, I have some ideas. But the idea is just that most of us spend all day putting out fires, and if we focused on two or three things every day, we'd probably wind up working ahead of schedule and getting more done. And so all it is, is however else you're keeping track of everything else you need to get done, just sit down every morning or every night for the next day and identify those two or three things that you need to get done the next day. And don't let them carry over automatically from one day to the next because then you'll feel like things are snowballing. Just sit down with a blank sheet of paper and say, you know, what, if I get these three or four or five things done today, it'll be a pretty productive day. And then focus on getting those things done. And then you can add to your list if you want. So I, I still do that every day. Every single day I have my most important tasks. And I think it's probably the easiest way to get productive immediately. I mean, I love getting things done. Um, I like Inbox Zero. I think they're both too complicated. And so I practice them in a sort of light style. But I think most important tasks is the one thing, the linchpin that holds it all together.
1: So is this podcast included in your most important tasks? Yes. I'm hoping so.
2: (laughs) Prepare for and record a podcast with Heidi Alexander was uh, near the top of my list today.
1: Awesome. So of course when you finish those you you have sort of a sense of accomplishment too, which is nice to to finish the day feeling that.
2: Yeah, there's been some studies that show that um, crossing things off your to do list actually produces mm-hmm. a little hit of endorphins. Mm-hmm. And um you know, so I actually, I like to use paper, like I've said a couple times. So my most important tasks are usually in the notebook that I carry or in the index cards that I carry. But lately I've been playing with Trello and using that because the act of moving a card from one list to the next is also pretty satisfying. And I I like to be able to see the progress. And so whether it's crossing things off or moving a Post-it note or, or a card on Trello, uh, I think that gives you that little endorphin hit that keeps you going.
1: So for our listeners that don't know, can you just give us a, a very brief synopsis of getting things done by by David Allen and then the way that you implement that system? Because I know that's a pretty popular system for attorneys, and, and I actually use a sort of dumbed-down version of that system as well, and I, I think it's an excellent system.
2: I think everybody who practices getting things done for very long ends up dumbing it down because— It's actually quite simple, but if you're going to write a book about it, you have to make it up into a big thing. (laughs) So I think most people end up with GTD Lite. And essentially, the basic concept is you capture everything that you have to do in one trusted system so that you can get it out of your head and you aren't walking around thinking about what you have to do all the time which is actually a little bit of a weird feeling um, when your to-do list is no longer in your head and you're, you actually are just walking around not worried about what you have to do because your system is going to let you know when there are things on your plate. So, you know, for me, this is I carry a notebook um, or I carry around some index cards or you could use Evernote or you could email yourself or however you want. I think the beauty of getting things done is that there is no software, there's no special stationery. there are no binders that you have to buy, there's no official merchandise. You can do it with whatever you want. You can do it with scrap paper and napkins if you want. But the idea is every time you think of something that needs to get done or really you have any thought, write it down and then don't do anything else with it right away. And then periodically sit down and process that and try and figure out what are things that you have to do now. And if you can do them in less than two minutes, go ahead and do them right now if you want to. Um, Otherwise, add them to your list of things that you want to do now. And the list can be a stack of index cards or a stack of 8x10 cards or a stack of whatever needs to be stacked. (laughs) You can do it electronically. You can do it in paper. It doesn't matter. Make another pile of things that uh, need to be done later and then delegate the things that can be delegated and trash things liberally. Don't be afraid to get rid of things. This is especially important when it comes to email. Just trash things um, when you don't need them anymore. So that's kind of getting things done light. And then when you have things you need to do, sit down with your do now list, the things that you can actually work on right now and pick a couple of them and put them on your list of most important tasks for the day. The thing that I think is difficult about getting things done is most of us have these piles in many places, right? Like I've got project management software for Lawyerist and I have um, my own lists with my shared lists with my wife for groceries and things like that. I have my email inbox, I have the physical inbox at my office, you know, so I have all these different places where things gather. And, you know, you want to have as few inboxes as you need. But for most of us, it's impossible to go below like five. So that's why I think uh, most important tasks really helps to sort of gather all that stuff in one place periodically so that you can figure out what you actually need to be working on right now.
1: All right, well, that's great advice. Um, and, uh, you know, again, you know, getting things done, yeah, I love that as sort of a, a central repository of information. And, of course, you know, as, as much as you can kind of distill that down into, you know, like you said, as few inboxes as possible, I think that certainly helps. And, and I personally use Evernote with getting things done. And I think that's a, a great way to use it if you're going to use technology. And David Allen has just came out um, with his new edition of that book the 2015 edition, which I I haven't yet read, but it is actually sitting on my desk. But I'm interested to see what's in there. But we do need to take a quick break. So stay tuned, because after the break, we'll be diving deep into tools and tips to maximize your productivity. Now, here's a word from our sponsors. Not getting enough cases from the internet? The kind of cases you want? Scorpion can help. Over the last 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms, just like yours, attract new cases and grow their practice. During this time, Scorpion has won over 100 awards for their law firm web design and online marketing success. Join the thousands of law firms which partner with Scorpion and start getting more cases today. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. Amicus Attorneys' world-leading practice management solution allows you to do more, bill more, and go home early. It serves as the hub to your practice, and Amicus customers report that they save over eight hours and bill an extra five hours every week. Built by lawyers for lawyers, Amicus has two award-winning solutions, Amicus Premium with a unique client portal, and the exciting Amicus Cloud with seamless email integration. To learn more, visit amicusattorney.com. Welcome back to the second half of our show with Sam Glover, attorney and editor-in-chief of TheLawyers.com. So before the break, we talked about some different strategies to keep you organized. We talked a little bit about tools, but I want to talk more about some of the tools that you would suggest to help attorneys organize their practices. You mentioned one tool, Trello. Do you have other tools that you like to use uh, to make yourself more productive in practice?
2: Well, as someone who geeks out over tools. And you know, most people when they're starting to get interested in productivity start really going off on a tool tangent. But I think the most valuable tools are just paper and a pencil or pen. Keeping it simple is really, really important. Because if you're going to keep doing this for a long time, you have to have something simple that just works. And I absolutely have other tools that I use and that I love, both electronic and not. But fundamentally, the more you can do with just paper and pen, I think the better. For Lawyerist to stay organized, we use Teamwork.com, which is project management software, and that's how we organize most of what we do. Trello is also project management software. It's sort of a digital Kanban board from the Agile um, software development method. It's cool stuff. Um, There's a really neat post on Lawyerist by John Grant about how to do Agile project management in a law practice setting, and Trello is kind of a perfect way to do that. I love Google Inbox. That works with Gmail, but it's an alternative interface that you can get by going to inbox.google.com. I'm a big fan of that. And I love Evernote to capture things, and I use the Google Suite for things. So, you know, I think all those tools are interchangeable with many other things, and that you can do almost everything on paper if you want to, but those are some of my favorites. And, you know, really I think the key is to go ahead and get caught up in tools for a while, you know, geek out on what's the best pocket pen to carry and, and what's the coolest notebook to slip in your pocket. Go ahead and geek out on that stuff, but realize that when you're doing productivity, you're not being productive. And eventually you have to try and settle on something that slips into the background so that you can actually get work done instead of messing around with your system.
1: I think I'm sort of ever on a uh, tool tangent. <laughs> I think I'm ever gonna get off of it.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's tough. I and mean, once you get on it, there's so many products out there. So I'm I'm glad you you mentioned a few that you like. But you know, in taking this to the next level, I want to address some of the the fancier you know automation tools that can help you distill a multi-step process into a quick you know quick and easy task. Uh, for example, you've written about some of the services for example, uh, If This Then That, Zapier, uh, which connects the cloud services to each other. And so I'm wondering about those automation tools and which ones you use and, and how are you're using them and how attorneys can use them.
2: I mean, you know what the best automation tool is? And I, I realize I keep um, harping on this, but simple is better. The best automation tool is just recurring tasks in whatever you use for, to track Your tasks. I mean, uh, reminding yourself to follow up with clients every month or, you know, reminding yourself to do something every month, that's probably the best automation tool. And the reason I raise that is because that's actually what I'm using If This Then That for right now is to create some recurring cards in Trello for me. Like every Tuesday, I need to remind my most recent podcast guest that their podcast went live and things like that. So, you know, If This Then That is really amazing because you can, you know, it's the kind of thing where you're like, God, I really wish that when I created a new contact in Clio, it would create a new billing contact in Zero, or in something else. And you can do that with like Zapier or if this, then that, and probably not with if this, then that, but you can do it with Zapier. Um, you can do some other neat things like that with those automation tools. And Microsoft just announced their own called Microsoft Flow. So now you got three choices. But I think that, you know, my tendency with if this, then that and Zapier was to create a whole bunch of automation things. And then a week later, turn them all off because they were just creating more noise. And I'm, I'm really big on cutting down on noise. I get very little email because I've unsubscribed from everything. And I don't want notifications. I turn off all my notifications and everything because I don't want notifications for anything. So I'm really big on, on cutting down on the noise. And to the extent that those automation tools turn up the noise, I'm not a big fan. So... I think the best thing for them is when you're like, boy, I feel like I'm duplicating effort here. I'm creating this contact twice when I shouldn't have to. Um, That's when something like Zapier or if this, then that can come in really handy because it can streamline those sorts of things. And I'm a big fan of, you know, productive laziness, not having to duplicate effort.
1: And speaking of reoccurring tasks or events, that brings me to calendaring and scheduling because, you know, that can be a huge time suck for attorneys. Do you have any thoughts on how to do that better and any, again, any tools that you use for that?
2: Uh, well, you experienced one of my favorites right now, which is Calendly. That's calend with an L-Y on the end. Um, you do need Google Calendar to use that, but I'm I'm a big fan of it for scheduling and it seems to be working really well. I mean, yeah, I hate these back and forth email chains where you're trying to find a free time and it's really frustrating and it just wastes a lot of time. What I worry about with something like Calendly is that it sort of offloads that obligation onto the person who I'm trying to schedule something with, but I think think Calendly does it in a pretty inobtrusive, friendly way. I don't know. You can tell me because you used it to schedule this podcast. How was that for you?
1: Mm-hmm. So I actually use it myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, you know, I agree with you. And I, I think it's a very sort of simple, intuitive tool. And there's a number of them out there. And I've seen a number of people using them. So I think, you know, it's becoming a little bit more um, popular for people to use them. So, you know, the more and more we see these things, I think, think, you know, we're less likely to think, uh, we're less likely to, uh, you know, be wary of them. So. And, and so far I've had, you know, non-technical people use it and have no trouble using it.
2: The one thing I've noticed is that people take longer to schedule an appointment in Calendly than they probably would take to send back an email giving me the one date and time next week when they noticed on their calendar they're free. We'd probably have to go back and forth three more times because right. people are really <laughs> terrible about giving you lots of dates and times. So I think it's okay. But I have noticed that clicking that link seems to be a bit of a, you know, it, it causes people to hesitate. But still, I think the trade offs are totally worth it.
1: Yeah, so I—I I mean, it depends on what you're using it for. So, you know, maybe you don't want to send it to a a potential client, right? <laughs> because mm-hmm. it, may, it may be a turnoff. But you know, if to send it to another professional who you know you're you're planning to meet with anyhow, you know, I think that probably is all right.
2: And I think one of the keys with anything like that, any tools that you're trying to use with other people, is the context in which you place it. So, if you're going to ask me to use your scheduling tool say please. Include a couple of words that explain why it's going to be easier for them to use this thing than something else. When I first uh, started practicing, I got really annoyed by answering the phones. And so I really wanted to not answer the phones. And so I, I left a voice message that said, I'll be returning phone calls between 10 and 2 every day. But that was entirely for my convenience. There was no advantage to that to the clients that were calling me. So I had to stop doing that and change the way I did it because it just wasn't good service. And I think the same is true for lots of things like this. If you just say, hey, go here and schedule it with me, that sounds like you're asking me to be your secretary and it's very off-putting. If you say, hey, please use my friendly scheduling tool so that you can pick a time that works for you. Now it doesn't sound like uh, you're asking me to be your secretary. It sounds like uh, you're accommodating me in a better way. And so I think it's really kind of all about stopping and thinking about how you present these things. So I guess another tool that I love is Text Expander, uh, which is for Mac. There's Auto Hotkey for Windows, is similar but harder to use, and it automatically expands things. So when I type in slash sched s c h uh, e d on my computer, it automatically expands into please schedule a call using my friendly scheduler and picking a time that works for you or something along those lines. So I just make that really quick and easy so that I don't have to retype that every time.
1: Yes, again, another tool I love, but, mm. um, but I love the way, you know, you make some very, very good points, you know, when thinking about using, you know, any technology and thinking about, you know, becoming more organized, uh, you kind of have to, you know, get back to the basics. And I think your primary point is to keep it simple. So do you have any other pointers you want to give to our listeners, anything that we haven't covered yet today before we sign off here?
2: You just said the main one, which is keep it simple. (laughs) I mean, I think the moment you find yourself doing productivity is the moment that you're wasting time. So do as little of it as you can. But another thing that I think you should do is whenever something annoys you, whenever you realize that you're wasting time, whether it's another newsletter that you're deleting for the 17th time without reading it, even if it's The Lawyerist Insider, go ahead and unsubscribe. You know, take a moment to fix that so it doesn't happen again. Or... You know, send yourself an email, write it down in your notebook, uh, however you want to capture all those things that you need to do and get them out of your head, find a better way to do this thing. Just write it down and save it for, for later when you have a moment to try and fix that thing so that it doesn't bug you anymore. Because if you add up all those deleted emails, you're wasting so much time. So if you if you don't read a, a newsletter, get it out of your inbox. If you um, never listen to a podcast, unsubscribe to it, as much as I hope that's not either of ours. But, you know, if those things aren't things that you're actually doing, if they cause little annoyances to you during the day, figure out how to get rid of them. Never type the same sentence twice if you can avoid it. Um, Just little stuff like that adds up, and then all of a sudden you've got this really streamlined flow to your day. And I've been, for the most part, living that for years now, and once you get into that zone, it's, it's nice.
1: Well, that's great advice, Sam. Unfortunately, we've reached the end of another episode of The Legal Toolkit. And I want to thank my guest, Sam Glover, for taking the time to drop by our virtual studio. Sam, if listeners would like to learn more about you, Lawyerist, and your podcast, how would they go about doing so?
2: Just go to lawyerist.com. That's lawyer with an I-S-T dot com. You can click on the About page to learn more about Lawyerist, or you can browse the topics across the top red nav menu.
1: Well, thank you again, Sam. Say hello to Minnesota for me, please. I will. And thank you, listeners, for joining me again on The Legal Toolkit. And remember that you can check out all of our shows anytime you'd like at legaltalknetwork.com.
0: Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Heidi and Jared for their next podcast covering the current business trends for law firms.